it hurts you, it's a you problem. It doesn't matter who made it your problem. A new thing that's stopping people from growing up and healing, that is called, I'm offended. That's offensive. And we spend too much time trying to change other people. When was the last time you succeeded in changing anyone else? What's up, everybody? My name is Nozibele Kamganamayaba. Welcome to the Don't Hold Back podcast. Today, we want to ask you, how do you handle toxic relationships without getting into conflict or compromising your mental health? How do you handle them? How do you even know that a, a relationship is toxic? Thank goodness, in studio, we have life coach, author, and energy healer, Kakheso Msimang. Welcome in studio, Kakheso. Thank you. That's a very big setup. I'm wondering <laughs> where this is going to go. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. all nice, you know, conversation, but I need your help to unpack, you know, the, this topic. But before we get into it, let us see what you got for us. Because as you know, we ask guests to bring in a snack that we can share in studio. So I'm looking forward to see what did you bring for us? I brought cheese because okay. that's my favorite food. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm not going to ask why for mm. now. We're going to get into it much later mm. on. There's a book that you published um, beginning mm. of 2020, just before COVID hit. It's called Unfuck Yourself, Unfuck the World. Yes. And one of the things that you mentioned is that, okay, you understand that life can be difficult, mm. but still, even in that setup, your fate still lies on your hand. Yes. You were an author before, But what motivated you in really writing this particular book? So my publisher said, asked me actually about two or three years before I was running retreats and the retreats were called Unfuck Yourself Retreats, right? And then she was like, that's a really cool name. You need to write a book called Unfuck Yourself. So in a way, the title came before the content. That's why I'm saying it's not romantic because you're supposed to say, oh, I had this vision and I wanted to share these with people. So I had a title and I had to sort of come up with something to write. I had adrenal fatigue. I just didn't know I had it. So I was getting really sick and I couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And I said to her, okay, I'll write this book as soon as I figure myself out because I'm really ill and I don't know what's going on. And then there's a guy who wrote a book called The Art of Unfucking Yourself or yes. something, yeah, right? And then she called me again and says, now people are you, you need to write this book. I'm like, wait, I now know what's wrong with me. I'm trying to fix myself. Just give me a break. And then eventually I was like, okay, fine, I'm, I'm ready to write this book. And by then I had had the adrenal fatigue diagnosis. I'd fixed myself. I was healthy, right? And when I started writing it, I thought it was going to be three acts. I was sick, I did these things, now I'm shiny. But it didn't feel honest, right? It didn't feel true to to write it like that because in the process of unfucking myself, literally, I realized that the adrenal fatigue didn't have one cause. The little things, some are personal, some are global. Like, I'm sure a lot of people are losing their minds now. Half of the time, we don't have electricity. We drive over a portal. So there are things from a personal level to a national to a global past things, issues, generational issues or whatever. So I figured that all of these things finally contributed and created a thing called adrenal fatigue, but it's just the perfect storm, you know? Okay, so yeah. let, me, let me just be very honest. Mm. If someone who's listening there may argue, well, there's a little bit of privilege that, mm. that comes with saying um, whatever happens to you, whatever life throws at you, you still have, you know, the the should I say the responsibility or your fate still lies on your hand? 
I won't use the word fate because fate, fatal, it, it comes quite destined, right? Okay. So let's, that's a whole other thing altogether. I'm, I'm quite glad to talk about it, but not in 20 minutes. So here's the thing, right? There is responsibility, right? And people tend to confuse responsibility with fault, right? Okay. There's a lot of stuff that's going wrong right now in our country, for instance. Whose fault it is? Maybe it's the government's fault. Maybe it's white monopoly capital. Maybe it's juju. Who knows? But if you are sitting in your house, right, and you don't have electricity or the petrol price is so high that it doesn't even make to have sense to have a job anymore. And I actually saw this the other day. A lady was saying that her transport costs are now higher than I her actual that. salary. Right? So it doesn't make sense to have a job. It's not her fault, right? But she's the one who's hungry. So it's her responsibility to figure out okay. what to do with it. Like, for instance, I know... A lot of people who have enough space in their yards for subsistence farming, where you can get your spinach or whatever. It's not great. It's not like walking to Woolies and buying stuff, right? You can do it. You can get seeds. You can, you've got water some of the time. <laughs> There's sun, right? Depending and, on where you are. <laughs> yes. My point is that it doesn't matter what your circumstance is. If you remove a lot of your energy from whose fault is it to what am I Nice. In a position to do, and, and, and I mean, I like playing with words. I like words. I'm a word person. So when you think about the word responsibility, you can split it and say responsibility, the ability to respond. I like that. So when you say, I'm going to take responsibility for this, as soon as you do that, you start to have to think about how am I going to respond to this situation that's making my life difficult. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. If I come and set your house on fire, we can sit there and argue about who set your house on fire, but whose house is on fire? Yours, right? So who should take the responsibility, the ability to respond to fix it? Mm. I've got a teenager, right? She's rude as hell because that's what teenagers do. So you'll call her and say, B, please can you da-da-da-da-da-da? And she says, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's the thing. It's not a me problem. It's a you problem. Yes. If it hurts you, it's a you problem. It doesn't matter who made it your problem. You know, and we're all fancy and we like words like that's victim shaming. And and, and, and ultimately, you are the one who have the problem. And you can look for uh, reparations. You can get people arrested. But there's a lot of just sitting in, it's not my fault. But you are the one who's feeling the pain. Why do you think that relationships are are harder, particularly when we're going through, um, you know, tough times? Because we're stressed. Mm. It's not not deep. We're stressed. Everybody lashes out. Um, We're angry. We want... um, You get overstimulated in the wrong way, you know? So, and I mean, I hear it actually... It was quite cool in my household, but I believe that a lot of people got divorced, people, relationships ended during that lock. Correct. Yeah, you know, because I think if you're all in one space, you have many, many different opportunities and layers to trigger each other. And if you're all locked in, you can't go away, you can't move. 
And, and the country, actually the world right now, is like a pressure cooker. Because even if we're the best of friends, if somebody locks us in a room... Yeah, no, <laughs> it's okay. There's so much you can take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, you want to kill everybody. So, I mean, and it's not just personal relationships. The more stressed you are, the less space you have mm. for other people's issues and problems and whatever. So, so relationships are always going to be more, more difficult under stress. Yeah. yeah. And how do you spot um, a toxic relationship? So the balance between, oh, uh, is actually going through a hard, a hard time. So to some extent, I should understand. But then you're like, ah, actually, is very toxic. Where, where, what's the balance between the two? How do you spot a toxic relationship? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm very wary of labeling okay. things. Because I feel like as soon as you label a person or relationship or whatever, you stop engaging with the person. Okay. So if I decide, because uh, toxic is one, but the other buzzword right now is narcissist, right? Yes. This one is a narcissist. Take this. Yes. Can I tell you, actually, I'll get to it. But the funny thing is that I fell into it a couple of years Actually, a long time ago, it's now very mainstream. But when it was still in particular circles, I took this um, little online thing, yeah. trying to check if um, someone or the other was was toxic, uh, was a narcissist. Yes. And afterwards, as I was answering the questions, I'm like, nah, I'm narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, based on this. And, but, so you were doing research about the other person, yeah, and then you actually realized, actually, yes. now they're talking about me. Yeah, I'm, I'm all of these things. I make everything about me. And blah, 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 blah. But that's the thing, like, uh, so, so I'd like to move away, whether it's toxic or narcissistic. Uh, what is the deeper question? I'm, I'm assuming, and you can correct me, that I am uncomfortable in this relationship. Correct. I don't like how. So I'd much rather ha talk about real things as opposed to these labels. Because half of the time, okay. we don't even know what we're talking about. Okay, okay. Mm. And even with that, um, so in a matter where I'm uncomfortable um, <laughs> in a relationship mm -hmm. and this person has made me feel some kind of a way and they continue to do so, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that a person should note you know um obviously this this is very personal um but from from your experience what are some of the things where if this happens then there there should be or they are uh, you might see that there's something off i don't like that question <laughs> why don't you like that question because it's not useful okay it, it's very like the same thing that we spoke about about responsibility and fault so you said this person made me feel, okay. right? Yes. Made me. They made. I can't make you feel anything. It's impossible. I can't make you feel anything. Let me give you an example. Mm. Say you go through all your life and you are quite convinced. I don't know how. 100% certain that you are one of the smartest people you know, right? And I'm angry and we're in a relationship, we're friends, whatever. And I come back and I'm not and I'm like... Ooh, stupid, how dumb are you, right? You might be touched by how I spoke to you, but you're not going to feel stupid because I called you stupid because you are very, very certain that the one thing you are not is stupid. Mm. If somewhere in your body you, ha you suspect that maybe I'm not the smartest person around, <laughs> me calling you stupid is going to touch you, Right? Because I touched on something that either you believe is true about you and you don't like mm. or you are not certain that it's untrue. It's like, say you've got a wound, right? Mm. Say, 
something happened, you bent your hand or something, it's sore. And I touch you where it hurts. I didn't hurt you. I touched you where you were wounded. If I touch your other hand, there wouldn't have been pain, but I touched the one that had the wound and hence the pain. So you can say that the person triggered the pain in your wound, but if they're not the one who wounded you, they didn't make you do anything, make you feel anything. And, and, and the reason that I'm so passionate about that in particular is because I've noticed that there's a new thing that's stopping people from growing up and healing that is called, I'm offended. That's offensive. Okay. Right? And we spent too much time trying to change other people. When was the last time you succeeded in changing anyone else? Listen, half of us are going on a diet next week, Monday. Yes. Right? <laughs> Monday, me. Yes. Monday, I'm going to stop eating carbs. And then Monday comes and you're like, you know what? It's really weird to start a diet on the 18th. Yes, that's on yeah. the first of yeah, the yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm then, guilty. And then the first of the month is a Thursday. You're like, who starts a diet on a Thursday? Let's wait on a Monday. So you need to wait for a Monday that's on the first. Yes. <laughs> right? And you can't even, it's so hard to change yourself. And this thing of labeling this one, this one's toxic, this one's offensive, blah, 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 moves all of your energy into trying to change them and proving to them how much they make you uncomfortable and you can't even have the time manage yourself so whether the person is rude and horrible or narcissistic or toxic is neither here nor there because you can't convince them to treat you differently so you go back and say what would i like to do in this situation Am I going to change? Am I going to move? Am I going to engage with this person differently? And stop trying to figure out how to make them act differently. Because it never works. I guess I relate, actually, um, to what you just said. I do a lot of work in the advocacy um, um, sector, particularly when it comes to HIV. And I started by sharing my own story. And obviously, HIV has a level of, you know, stigma that is attached to it. And people keep on, keep on asking you, okay, how did you get infected? Oh, you were careless. And so many different things. Over the last probably two, three years, <laughs> I've been called so many different things. Yeah, but she needs to take responsibility. She was careless. Yeah, she's trying to shame the other person. And I, I'm so happy that you just said um, that it is still, you, you know, a level. there's a level of responsibility that you have that you can't take what someone else is saying about you as true unless it, you know deep down that there's a level of honesty and, and truth into that statement. Mm-hmm. So, so let's stick to what you're saying. So you and I, I sleep with everything that moves, right? And now I'm HIV positive. And then you save yourself for marriage. You marry a guy who doesn't tell you and you get infected. Both of us have the same. Yes. HIV positive regardless. We in our own bodies we need to heal and figure out what to eat, what to do this. It actually, once it, it, it comes to how do I manage my wellness, doesn't matter how we ended up there. You know, too much of the energy is going into who victimized me. But who is experiencing the victimhood is the person who's supposed to fix it, you know? And like I said, it applies on all levels. Yes, there must be justice. Yes, things have to be fixed, but the, there's, a, there's a balance that needs to be brought in 
from from you broke me yeah. to I'm broken. And the, I'm the one with the broken bone. Let me <laughs> fix it. I should probably avoid the person who broke mm-hmm. me, but I need to fix my bone. Talking about energy, mm-hmm. um, because in my introduction, I also mentioned that you are an energy healer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, to some extent, a person... I believe I can sense uh, an energy from someone, Mm -hmm. you know. I don't know how it happens. Mm -hmm. I walk into a room, I'll have just a short conversation with someone, Mm -hmm. and immediately I spot, I'm like, hmm, the energy is there, do they don't? They just don't click. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it reasonable for me to, to, to say that from even one first encounter? If it's worked for you and it counts, so it's intuition, right? It's intuition. And, and essentially what intuition is, is is instant knowing so we have been programmed to focus on five senses right there's a very weird um model of if i can't touch it it's not real right so if i can't see it touch it taste it those five senses it's not real but we all know that there's a lot more to like you walk like you say that people you vibe with some people don't vibe with a lot of the times as well you will have a certain knowing about go left, go right, right? And then this thing, you don't know what it is, tells you to go left. And you're like, no, but left is long, da, 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 I'm going to turn right. After you turn right, um, it's that, that traffic, what, what, where they, they have the bus. Yes. And then they put you in the bus because of all your tickets. And you're like, damn it, I, I had a feeling, yes. right? I had a feeling yes. I should have gone left. So we all know that there is a knowing that is beyond things that you can prove. Mm. So we're all intuitive. The question is, do you listen to your intuition or not? The problem with intuition is actually not a problem with intuition, though. An issue with intuition is that when you follow your intuition, most of the time, it can prove itself. So, So you're going, right? And the thing says, go left. And you go left nothing happens so you're like yeah these feelings mean nothing it's only when you don't listen and you go right (laughs) and And then you end up in the bus and then you're in the jpmd bus and you're like damn it i should have listened yeah it's like women no you always know when your husband is being shady or cheating or whatever yes yes and then and he's like yeah here's my phone check my receipts or whatever whatever and just because you didn't find anything doesn't change what you know just because there was no data to support you, you still know, you know, and the more you follow your intuition, it saves you a lot of trouble. But because you didn't experience the trouble, you don't get to value it. Right. I it's like only that. when you don't listen to it. They're like, Ish, I had a feeling. <laughs> I really like that. I think the one message I'm getting from all of this is listen. And fuck yourself and fuck the world. Mm. Okay. Before we carry any forward um, with the conversation, um, Kajiso, we're just going to play a little game. Okay. okay. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Literally a few seconds to think about it. First question. What is your best feel-good movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it's probably an animation. I like animated movies, kiddies movies. I can't think of one now, but it's usually a kiddies okay, movie. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Afternoon in a bookstore alone mm. or out in the park with family? Particularly now. I know that's tricky because I love books, right? I will, I will. Can't I take the book to the park and ah, watch my family running? And... <laughs> okay, park, just because it's so cold. Right now, so I'm imagining the sun. Yeah. What's your drink of choice after a tough day? Chardonnay. Nice. Okay. What's worse, a tough client 
or writing a difficult um, chapter in a book? I don't have tough clients. I fire them. Okay. Yeah, so sure. it would be that. No, I mean, why? Yep. Yeah. Why have? Why work with people who make you miserable? I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just move along. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're uncomfortable. I don't like your energy. Move along. Uh-huh. Sure. My intuition says no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What is more important um, to get right? Oh, goodness. Makeup or clothing? Uh, clothing, I guess. Yeah. I don't care with either, but if I had to pick, I'll pick clothing just because I don't have makeup on right now. It'll be yeah. weird. <laughs> Okay. Um, dogs or cats? Cats. Really? Low maintenance. Oh. Mm. I don't like either. I'm just not an I animal like both, person. But you, you keep on. Okay. Me sure. Fit, yeah. Sure. You've got a free holiday. What are you doing? I am. A free weekend. Free weekend. Hiking, chasing waterfalls, reading. Nice. Okay, I think it's actually going to be very important because I, I hear you just moved mm-hmm. um, as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that weekend away couldn't come any any faster for you. Hey. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but on a serious note, as we're talking about, you know, managing relationships, um, managing, I don't want to say toxic relationship, but different um, relationships rather. It took me a while to get to a point where I'm comfortable with myself, mm-hmm. um, that no one can tell me any different about who I am. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Anyone can come in here and start talking a lot of nonsense. I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool. Do you mind if we just carry on? Because I've become comfortable with who I am. Mm-hmm. What did it take for you and how long did it take you? Because anyone that is listening to this uh, may say, yo, but Nozi, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, so what are some of the things that you can share with someone who's still struggling um, with those things? They're still struggling with the validation. They're still struggling with people saying so many different things about them and they get um, affected. Sure. Okay. So first of all, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of, I don't remember the words you used, but it, it made it seem like there was a finality. Okay. I don't think I'm anywhere. I'm, okay. I'm far from where I was, Okay. but I don't, it's like, when people use terms like woke, it's it. it no, okay. no, let's forget the 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 weird vibe around it. But when you say you're woke, you're open, you're available, you're connected, as opposed to when you say I'm awaking. Okay. Like I'm not as sleepy as I used to be. Or maybe how, I'm a work in progress. Yes. Okay. How, how do you know you're there? I mean, when I when I was 21, I thought I knew everything. When I was six, I thought I knew everything. When I was 30, I thought I knew everything. So I don't know what I still don't know. Okay. So I can't. But I'll tell you. So um, f- some of the things that I am were built in. I suppose, okay. you know, there are some traits that you, you just have. And then there's how you brought up. However, the big thing for me was the adrenal fatigue, Right. I got really sick and it was very confusing. I was tired. I, I was just a mess. And um, so in me deciding to make sure that I don't end up there again, I became very ruthless about um, a cost-benefit analysis, how much something costs me versus how much mm. I get out of it. So I work for myself now. I used to work in corporate and it got to a point where it cost me too much, okay. right? And when I say it cost me too much, first of all, I hate driving, mm. right? I hate driving on a good day. Now being stuck in traffic, right, for so many hours to work, 
back from work fighting with taxi drivers. It just got to a point where by the time I get to the office, I'm so frazzled. And let's be honest, office work, a lot of it, there's a lot of distractions. Now that we've all been in, in, in lockdown, you know that most of the things you do in an entire day, you can do in three hours. But there's the traveling there, the being there, the boss seeing you, owning you, being happy that, yeah, my stuff is here, I can see what's happening. And I started like unpacking every single thing, like what I get out of this versus what it costs me. And I do that with people as well. And I mean, it sounds weird, right, when I say you ask me about a client, because there's a time when I used to do branding and marketing consulting. And if the clients were too painful, I'd be like, I... Okay, I'll do what I needed to do, but I don't want to play anymore. So it's literally about, it's not about self-worth. I am, I'm worthy of this, whatever. Those are weird little concepts because there's no scale where you can put yourself and say, tee, 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 tee. No, this, this is how is much worth. I'm worth. Yeah, so mm. it's literally what I get out of this versus what it costs me. And I don't want it to sound um, selfish because all relationships... Because if I was in a relationship only looking at what I'm taking from you, you'd leave me as well. You know, you give and you take. But the question is, does this cost me more? And it gives me, it's a simple thing. You can check it with everything. You can check it even with your own personal habits. Maybe every Friday you start drinking until Monday morning. You can ask me like, do I get more out of this? And for some people it's yes, I love it. That's what I live for. I like saying what is it, Freya? It's Freya. Yes. And I get drunk and then I'm throwing up, but I love it because it makes me survive the week. And the answer for you is yes. And I wake up, I'm hungover. I don't remember what I promised my children. And I say no, because what works for me might not be what works for you. But if you ask yourself, what I put in versus what I get out of this thing, does it make sense? Yeah. So if it's a minus, you keep it moving. If it's a plus, cool. I like what you said. Does it cost me? Mm. Is it too expensive for me? Yes. Is it going to compromise me? Mm. And if it is, then it's not going to work for me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think that's actually, I'm going to write that down. Every time I'm faced with something, does it cost me? Does it compromise me? Is it too expensive for me? And if all the answers are yes, then I'm sorry, it's not going to work for me. The last question I have before we get into, you know, our snack and closing the show is you mentioned, um, um, you know, um, your daughter saying to you sometimes. Um, that sounds that like sounds a like problem. problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned how she says um, that's sometimes a you problem. Do you, did you consciously, because she's, she, she seems as if she's someone who is, um, I'm sorry to use the word, aware of herself, mm-hmm. um, and to some degree probably also... <laughs> she's my child. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you consciously now um, try to not influence per se, but uh, adapt the same kind of teaching and, 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 and you know, transfer it, if I should call it like that, um, to your children from that early age... And as they grow up, they have that privilege of, you know, some of the gems that you just shared with us. I mean, all of us are affected by environment and the people who bring us up. The things that we talk about, all parents are like that, do as I do, not as I say and not as I do. And the things that you've integrated and you literally behave in that way, you know. So, So I stay away from teaching people or coaching people or whatever about anything I haven't figured out. So by the time I'm doing it, I've literally embodied it. So the things I've integrated are the things that, that, I, that I teach and whatever. And so I guess she, 
they watch me, my children, and they see and 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 but also I'm quite a they offend me a lot. They push, they ask questions, That's but cool. I've always had that um um issue that your children are going to change and as they get older they get further and further away from you. So if you you've you've kept a very open channel of communication when they were younger, when they start getting themselves into trouble at 16, 17, 18, they know that once I swallow, swallow my pride, I can have difficult conversations with this woman. You have turned the whole conversation to be more personal towards you rather than saying, this is how I'm going to, to react manage the to other that person. Yes. Which is where we started this conversation. We spent too much time trying to manage other people. If you manage yourself, I'm not saying bad things are not going to happen. They're going to. Yes. Mm. But if you focus on what makes sense to me, my family, whatever, 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 you have less stress fighting the rest of the world, labeling people toxic and narcissistic and all the X. What I'm getting from this conversation, it's you, it's you, it's you. Where are you? What are you doing? Before you can even talk about what other people are doing to you. Mm. Okay. It has been... A packed show, okay? But before we end off, um, and I want to uh, go. Cheese. Yes, let's talk about cheese. Why did you bring cheese? Cheese is my favorite food. It makes me happy. It blocks my nose. It still makes really? me happy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, cheese. Cheese, I like wine too. So cheese and wine works. Okay. Um, there is only one cheese that offends me. <laughs> one. And there's lots of cheeses in the world. I haven't eaten all of them. Which it, one is it? Halloumi. Really? Yeah, like it it squeaks. It's like it's screaming What you eat. Would you rather eat blue one? Blue cheese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloumi feels like, so I don't eat oysters, right? Okay. Because I feel like you your food needs to be dead, like unless if it's vegetable. So you can't, and halloumi sounds like it's fighting for its life because it literally squeaks in your mouth. Because it's never, for me, it's blue cheese. I could never. Because it smells like socks. But also, Mm. I think it's an acquired taste, right? Because I can never, I think I tasted it once. And um, I think also they used it as a sauce Mm. um, in this wrap that I had. But they were like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, I can taste it. It's very potent. It's quite intense. Yeah, yeah, Mm. no. No, it's okay. Okay, let me taste the cheese. What kind of cheese is it? I have no idea. That's the thing, right? I have never met a cheese that offends me, so I don't actually really care. Well, like I said, except yeah. and halloumi is easy to spot. So and I what's that brown? What's that brown sauce? It's a jam because cheese goes well with jam. If we had crackers, okay. we could do with the crackers. Actually, cheese, as far as I'm concerned, goes well with everything. I've had. I have cheese with everything. Na- name something, and I'll tell you if. I, I mean, you I can also like cheese. cheese, but not as in like I love cheese. only as I like a, a block. Or maybe like with a nice uh, pasta as, you know, melted, not alone. No, I will eat. I'll take my cheese with me, Gladys. I won't be offended. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> to eat all my cheese. Okay, I'm going to taste this one. It looks a bit, you say this is jam. Are you sure this is jam? Yeah, it's a preserve of some sort too. You it's feel actually like, very nice. Oh, okay. There we go. I like the jam as well. Oh, actually, it's, yeah, it, it works nice. well. It works well together. But nothing, absolutely everything. Literally, name anything, and I'll tell you if you can have it with cheese. I've seen it. Mm. You know, they have it with wine. Mm. I'm not a wine person. Pop. I've had cheese with pop. The people who put it in the pop. Okay, say, okay. This is um, this conversation is getting it's all weird. It's all no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Mm. So I'm going to say, bap. Mm. There are people who put it in, in bap. As in like melted? I'm not a fan of bap. As you cook in, they grate it and as they cook, so it's like a cheesy... It's okay. No, mm. it's okay. Okay, so thank you so much for this, yeah, conversation. Mm. Um, I have learned, but I've also unlearned a lot yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah. yeah, a lot of things. Um, simple things such as some of the terminology that we use. Mm. Um, when we describe relationships or how we relate, mm-hmm. um, to people. I think there's a lot after this um, episode I'm going to go back into and just kind of evaluate, not actually about the other person or the relationship per se, but also about me, mm. about me. Um, because for a long time, I don't think I've actually evaluated me. Mm. And I'm going back to what you said earlier on when you were trying to figure out someone is a narcissist or not, mm. and you ended up actually realizing you are the one who's a narcissist. Mm. I think I'm going to go into <laughs> that as well, where I actually realize. There are a couple of things that I could also mm-hmm. just note about how I relate to other people. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, I can't thank you enough. Thank no, you for coming through. this was fun. I'm going to take the rest of my cheese. Take the rest of cheese, girl. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank um, you for having me. This is where we leave it, guys. Don't Hold Back is a collaboration with Daichavela, Jacaranda FM, and East Coast Radio. Please catch this episode and many other episodes where you get your podcasts. This is Nozibeda Gamgana Mayaba. Until next time, bye.